So our next speaker is Ian Bushfield, and he is the executive director of the BC Humanist Association and an advocate for science-based policy. He has a Master of Science in Physics from SFU, and he's worked on the All Trials Campaign for Clinical Trial Transparency at Sense About Science in the UK. Please welcome Ian. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Laurie, and the entire Science March Vancouver team for inviting me and allowing me this stage to just say whatever I want. Thank you all for coming. This is amazing. We're one of six, seven, eight hundred marches around the world, and I'm just glad to see so many diverse faces on this cloudy but not yet rainy day. I want to start by just telling a bit about myself, and then I'll get into my main message. My path to science was pretty straightforward. I grew up watching Magic School Bus and Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye is one of the co-hosts, co-chairs of March for Science, so it's fitting. My parents, I was pretty lucky, they would take me to zoos, to science centers, to museums around Western Canada. My favorite, though, museum is still the Royal Terrell Museum in Alberta, where I grew up. We went camping across Canada and the western U.S., so I got to explore nature a lot. And I played with Legos, and I had my first computer before I was six years old. And I think I had the internet about, like, 96, so I was always into technology. Although I didn't get broadband till university in 2004, so not everything went my way. But with this childhood surrounded by science, it's not surprising I ended up pursuing degrees in engineering and physics, or that I volunteered and worked for all these amazing science outreach and advocacy organizations like Let's Talk Science, Discovery, and Sense About Science in the UK. But what's really driven me, and what I've really come to realize over my life, is my values are those of humanism, which are just basically science and compassion for a better world, and I think most of us can agree on that. And those values aren't unique to me. They're not unique to just the small number of people who actually know what the word humanist means. They're not even unique to just the non-religious community. They're shared by most people. And I think they form the foundations of our democracy and our society. And a few years ago, in maybe my more naive and happier days, I might have thought those were universal values that were shared by everyone. But it's increasingly clear to me and worrying that there's this emboldened populist movement that is waging an open war on science and scientific expertise. That's not really an applause line, actually. It's kind of sad. For 10 years, we watched the federal government of Canada cut science, muzzle scientists, gut the census, and prioritize ideology over evidence. The administration of the 45th president of the U.S. seems to be thinking that playbook was too modest. The proposed cuts and verbal assaults on expertise are arguably what drove us to all come here today, even though we are trying to bring a positive message, and I'll get back to that. Even here in B.C., Evidence for Democracy has released a recent report documenting how government scientists in this province also feel muzzled and unable to speak out. But the problems aren't limited to the political class. They are empowered by a growing part of the public, a segment that is rejecting evidence, and it's rejecting experts, and it's rejecting what they call the elites, which I guess is me. Well, we should be skeptical and challenge authority. I'm absolutely behind that. We've arguably reached the point, though, where everyone has the ability to claim they're an expert. 
And this extends outside the alt-right and fake news trolls on the internet. Even within many self-professed liberal and pro-science quarters, there can be a deep mistrust of knowledge that doesn't conform or solace our pre-existing biases. There's a tendency, even among scientists and experts, to sort of speak outside their lanes, to talk about things that they're not experts in, and this can be very dangerous when physicists try to pontificate on philosophy or psychologists on gender studies or biologists on sociology. And this is what I really want to dwell on today, because it's far too easy to wag our fingers at governments who don't respect scientific, effort, who don't respect scientific expertise, when I think in reality the change needs to start at home with us. So I think we need to talk urgently about science more broadly. I think we need to talk about how science should challenge us and how we look at the world. Science should make us uncomfortable. When we think about science and policy, we talk very narrowly a lot of the time about grants for physics and chemistry lab. We think of environmental and climate scientists who work on reviewing pipelines and how to uh, deal with climate change. And don't get me wrong, these are very important issues and urgent, and we must stand up for them, and I'm glad we're here doing that. But it's no, not all we can or have learned from science. Science is just simply the idea that we can test ideas re about against reality, as Dr. Scott talked about. It's much bigger than my friends at Triumph or in a microbiology lab at SFU. Science challenges traditionalist views and essentialist views of sexuality and gender. Science has shown us the counterintuitive economic benefits of immigration. Science has demonstrated that diversity makes us stronger. Science has shown that having a gun can often be more dangerous than not, and opening a space like Insight in downtown, even though it's to allow them to use illicit substances, will save lives. But I want to finish with one main point, which is that science is not enough. Science may be the best process, the best tool we have for learning about this world and what works and what doesn't, but devoid of any values or morality or ethics, science is just that, a tool. A hammer can be used to build a home, but it can just as easily be used as a weapon. If we try to divorce science from the values of tolerance, of compassion, of our hope for a better world that I hope we all have, it will inevitably be used, as it has been so many times in the past, to continue to perpetuate inequality and oppression, to create suffering and to make war. Science is one of the most human pursuits, and just like everything else human, it's kind of flawed. So we have to try really hard. But the, science, the history of science is just replete with examples of where scientists or science have gone down dark paths, like the Manhattan Project, like chemical and biological weapons, Canada's eugenics program, which continued until the 1970s, we cannot forget, or even the sub subtle ways that advertisers and Facebook are manipulating our psychology. How many of you are on Facebook right now? And there are other ways that science gets twisted beyond recognition into pseudoscience and things that aren't really science but get used to perpetuate racism and sexism and colonialism, like the pseudoscientific idea of the quantum of blood in the racist Indian Act. So humanism is what drives me and many people in BC. It's the belief that we can wield our reason and temper it with our compassion to work together for a progressive future. And the golden rule, which is really core in there, to do as you would be done by, 
is present in almost every religious and secular ethical tradition. So that maxim, well, we can debate the pedantry of it. It's just a convenient rule of thumb that I think we can use to guide our science and our policy. So science must be open and transparent. We need open access journals and publications. Thank you. We need the results of all medical trials to be publicly available so we know what works and what doesn't. <laughs> and researchers must be able to free their data. Science is better when it's strong. Science is stronger when it's inclusive and it's better when it's diverse. This is why we as scientists and science enthusiasts must speak out about injustice within the scientific community as Catherine just spoke about. We must make space for marginalized voices in science. Not everyone has those chances and privileges that I spoke about for myself. And we need to make sure that everyone can engage with science. We need to listen and not silence survivors of abuse and harassment. And we must stop deifying charismatic and charming scientists. We need more voices, not fewer. Science is a tool, but it is the best tool we have and we must use it wisely. Thank you for standing up for science today, and let's keep reminding people that science is political.